0: Welcome to the First Prez podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Prez at wwwfirst presidentorg Would you please open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. As we hear from the word of God this morning, the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 to 34, hear now the word of the Lord. Jesus speaking said, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for these words, but we pray even more so that you would help us to know the presence of your Holy Spirit as we address the word of God That we can understand and hear directly from you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, we begin to talk today about first things first the power of priority. If you don't give God your first thought, you won't give God a second thought. That's the thing. That's the thing. If you don't give God your first thought, if God doesn't sit in the right place in your life, then God probably has no place in your life. Why? Because God just doesn't fit in those lower rungs of the ladder. You really can't hold God in sixth or seventh or eighth place in your list of priorities. He doesn't fit down there. He doesn't belong down there. God is first. If you don't give God your first thought, you won't give God a second thought. What would it really look like for us to put God first in every aspect of our lives? To have God first in every aspect, every facet of our lives. What if we were able to to put away our worries and anxieties and false pursuits, as Jesus says, and, and as he says in verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. What would that look like? In fact, that's our key verse. And so I want to say it together as a church. Would you say that verse with me? Verse 33, let's say it together. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Underline that verse in your Bible. Highlight it. Let's memorize that verse together. Keep God first. You see, with God in first place, everything else falls into place. I remember when my daughter was in second grade and and we were living in in Charlottesville, Virginia, and I used to walk home with my daughter from school. We lived walking distance to the elementary school. And I was walking her home one day and she pulled out of her backpack a a project that she had made at school. And she handed it to me, put it in my hands, and I looked at it. And it was kind of a, a mess of yarn and uh, colored paper and things that she had drawn and little bits and pieces of, of wire from a coat hanger. And it was all just kind of a garbled mass altogether. She put it in my hands. And so I, I put on my proudest dad face. I said, wow, that's great. I remember when, uh, when I was a kid, my grandfather would always say to me, well, that's real good, Tim. He'd say that's real good, Tim. No matter what I did, it didn't matter. He just said, that's real good, Tim. And, and it, I think I was 20 years old before it occurred to me my grandfather might be faking. <laughs> so I said to my daughter, that's real good. Well, then she reached out and grabbed the right piece. And she held it up in front of me and she stretched out her arm. And all the pieces and all the lines, they all just started to fall into place it was a mobile and see with the right thing at top everything everything fell into position that's the power of priority when the first things are first everything else falls into place what comes first determines where everything else hangs you see with God in first place everything else finds its place or you may know the illustration of the jar and the, and the stones, the rocks, that if you get a jar and you have three equal portions of sand and gravel and rocks, well, if you put the sand in first into the big jar and then you put the gravel in, well, there's no room for the stones. They won't fit into the jar. But if you put the stones in first, the large rocks, and you place them in, and then you pour the gravel into the jar and you kind of shake it around, the gravel settles down. And then you take the jar of sand, and it doesn't look like it's going to fit in there. But you know what? When you pour the jar of sand over it, and you you shake it around a little bit, all those grains of sand, they find their place, and it fits in. And for added oohs and ahs, you can even add water. And everybody thinks you're just a magician. But the point is that if you let the little things in life take up all your time and energy, there's no room for the big things. But if you approach the big things first, if you put the big things in first, then all the little things, they kind of find their place. They kind of find their way in because you've put first things first. Now, that comes from Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of, of Highly Effective People. Maybe being highly effective is not your greatest goal in life. I mean,. It's not the only, super productivity is not the highest good all the time. We might choose something else, like love God, love neighbor. We might put something else up. But but we are charged with being good stewards of our time and energy. We are charged to be responsible with what God's given us to make the most of the time. And that's the power of priority. Are the right things at the top is the most important thing at the very top holding everything else together or the big rocks going in first or our first things first because for me I'll tell you and maybe none of you struggle with this it might just be me but sometimes not all the time but sometimes I've noticed in my life that there is a slight deviation between what I intend to do and what I actually do. Maybe it's just me. But sometimes there's just a little gap between what I intend to do when I wake up in the morning and what I've actually done when I lay my head on my pillow at night. Not every now and then. Anybody else? Listen, this series is designed to help you to, to close that gap. This series is designed to help you to to shorten that distance. We're gonna put first things first and watch everything else fall into place. It's one thing you see to have priorities up here in your head or or even here in your heart, and it's another thing entirely to have them work out into your hands and into your life, into the actual things you actually do with your actual body. We wanna shorten that gap. Intention without action is empty. Intention without action gets you nowhere. What's in your head, what's in your heart, it has to work out into your hands. Then your life changes. Jesus knew the power of priority. But seek first, he said. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. First, seek his kingdom. One time Jesus was with his friends, Mary and Martha, and Martha was running around trying to put on a good lunch, and Mary was just sitting at the feet of Jesus the rabbi receiving his teaching, and and Martha complained, but Jesus said, Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better. It will not be taken away from her. That's, That's the power of priority. Only one thing is needed. Or once when he was asked, what's the highest priority of all the commandments? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets, he said, what? Hang on these two commandments. You put the first things first. You put the the priority at the top. Jesus knew about priority, and he was reiterating what the Lord had already revealed. In the Ten Commandments, the very first commandment, is God saying in Exodus 20, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. I'm in first place, says the Lord. Priority. But what happens when we deviate from that? What happens when we do have other gods? What happens when false gods creep in and take the first slot? Chaos. A garbled mess. That's what. Jesus, in this passage, pulled from the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, one of the most beautiful and profound teachings in human ethics ever presented. Jesus says, listen, watch your priorities. Put first things first. Otherwise, things start to spin apart. Jesus says to put away worry. Verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink. Anyone else, this is your favorite passage in the Bible. (laughs) One of my earliest underlined passages. Boy, thank you, Lord. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will... It's not life more than food and the body more than... clothes? We are tempted to run after the things we think we need as though there is no God. Look at the birds, says Jesus. Look at the, look at the lilies of the field and know that God knows how to take care of all things. He knows how to take care of you. Verse 27, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? What good is it? Worry is a useless emotion. It's useless. Why worry? Why worry about Why would you worry about it? It can't, it can't lengthen your life, says Jesus. In fact, you know, we know it actually shortens your life, doesn't it? And Jesus says, "How can you add any time to your life by worry? Worry is a useless emotion. That doesn't mean we don't do anything. The the flowers of the field, they pull nutrients up from the soil and they blossom, they bear fruit. The the birds, they don't just sit there with their beaks open waiting to be fed. And they they run around, they do their thing. We do our work and we do what God's called us to do. But we don't worry. Worry is a useless emotion. It gets you nowhere." But even worse than that, and I want to point this out quickly, you'll have to read and study it on your own, but even worse than that, worry is worse than useless. Worry pushes us toward false gods. That's what Jesus is saying here. If you read back in the passage right before this one, Jesus is talking about all these things we're tempted to attach ourselves to and to pursue. But it's, it's our worry that puts those things in the top slot. And we can't worry. If we worry about these things, then we'll push God out of the first place will fall into idolatry. That's why Jesus says, therefore, I tell you, at verse 25, therefore, because of this, because you could could actually let worry push you into, into imagining that other things are more important than God, because of that, I tell you, do not worry. You see, worry actually pushes us toward false gods. Worry creates false gods in our lives. Do not worry. Don't go chasing after the things of the world as if there were no God. Instead, have faith. Instead, seek the kingdom. And here we have our verse. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Put the right thing at top and watch everything else fall into place. Let's break it down quickly. Seek first his kingdom. John Stott wrote, God's kingdom is Jesus Christ ruling over his people in total blessing and total demand. Seek first his kingdom. To seek the kingdom is to desire above all else the growing reign of Jesus in every part of your life, in your heart, over your family, over your city, over your world. Seek first His kingdom. Seek His righteousness. Seek the glory and righteousness of Jesus Christ. We're quick to seek our own righteousness. Oh, I love to be right. I love to be righteous. We're quick to seek our own righteousness. What does it mean to seek his righteousness? It might be a bigger challenge. How easy it is for anything and everything to slip into the top seats of our heart, to take that top place. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, God first in all things. Give Christ your first thought or you won't give Christ a second thought. So let's go back to Charlottesville. Charlottesville, Virginia. As we seek to apply this, what does this mean? Charlottesville, Virginia, precious place to me. Where I learned today that Lydia graduated from the University of Virginia just a few years back, where my my two little boys were born, Charlottesville, Virginia. I promised last week that I would say a little more. So let's say some more. When symbols of hate like this emerge, And we see people marching with torches, with racial hatred on their lips. We see a a gathering with Nazi swastikas and KKK leaders in full garb, people taking to the streets, seeking violence. We see it. What do we do? The first thing we do, brothers and sisters, is we say clearly what we said last week. Any attempt to divide and espouse hatred along racial lines is absolutely and categorically opposed to the ways of God and the love of Jesus Christ. It just doesn't fit. To seek first the kingdom of God is to walk away from those things. It's a moment, you see, whatever else, it's a moment to speak clearly and forcefully the truth of God's word and God's ways, that all men and women were created equal from one blood, equally in the image of God. They were created and set in this world. That Jesus' mission, clearly defined in the, in the New Testament, that Jesus' mission was and is to tear down the dividing walls of hostility that we ourselves build up and use to oppose one another. That's found in Ephesians 2. So is there a, a diabolical lie seeping into our culture once again about some difference in value among those created by God? Is there some lie? Then we tell the truth, dispel the lie quickly, accurately, Acts 17, 26 says, From one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. Or in the Old King James, it says, From one blood, one blood, all people, to seek first the kingdom of God is to long for and seek that same dream expressed by Martin Luther King, Jr., that all men and women are created equal, that men and women are judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. That must be said. Must be said. And more. We who are Jesus followers, we must be quick, quick to take on the responsibility to say those true things again and again. Because you know, don't you, that the power of the devil lies in deception? Don't you know that? And so we who are of God and live in his light, we must say again and again the truth, dispel the lie wherever it pops up before it does damage and harm. But we have a further responsibility to to jump out of our own context and do all that we can to empathize and understand one another across racial lines. And to to understand, to imagine, to empathize what it must feel like to be, if you're not, to be a person of color. And to watch all of this emerge and and to know that the, the, the sort of impetus behind it is a hatred that's directed unfairly toward you what would that feel? Or to think of yourself as a parent trying to shield a child from a hatred that you thought was long gone from the world. And now you have to deal with it and explain it one more time. We need to, to be quick to empathize. Not just empathy, but what brotherhood, sisterhood. This is our family. We are the family of God, one blood in Jesus Christ. Amen. We must be quick, must be quick to move into that and to stand with our brothers and sisters and to oppose hate and to oppose it not with more hate but with love because you know hate cannot overcome hate. Hate can't Beat hate. No more than lies can overcome lies. No more than darkness can be overcome by more darkness. Martin Luther King Jr. taught, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. And don't you feel pulled? Don't you feel tempted to descend into anger and fear and and name-calling and and uh, and, and, side-setting and just overcome this is the radical challenge of the Jesus way. This is the radical challenge of the Jesus way. The Jesus way says hatred by racists is wrong. And now listen, the Jesus way says hatred of racists is wrong. When we let hate inspire more hate, we're, we're lost. And there was no truth is nowhere to be found. Isaiah described this this world years years ago. In Isaiah 59, he described a world where we look for light, but all is darkness. Justice is nowhere to be found. Righteousness stands far away. Truth has stumbled in the public square. Well, well, then what? Then what kind of world do we have? In a world with no truth, only the loudest shouts win. And there's no objective seeking and sacrificing for the common good. There's only kicking and screaming and spitting and we need the Jesus way. We need the Jesus way. The way of love. Seek his kingdom. Seek his righteousness. Put Jesus on the stage in front of everything. Put God first. Let God be your first thought. Let Jesus be your first word. And let all these things follow. Does that feel far afield? Listen, here's the thing. Let's bring it back to our passage, back to our challenge this morning. If you don't give God the first thought, you won't give God a second thought. What happened in the streets of Charlottesville is a picture, it's an illustration of what happens in our hearts. When God is not in the first place, the loudest shout wins. That's the point. If God is not on the landscape, if the light of God is not shining in the streets, then all is darkness and groping along the walls without hope. All is confusion, and your life is like a disordered mob with no real place to go. But into this comes Jesus. Isaiah 59 again, so justice is driven back and righteousness stands at a distance. Truth has stumbled in the streets. Honesty cannot enter. Truth is nowhere to be found. Isn't that what we, what we experience, how we feel? Can't the truth come in? Where is it to be found? And whoever shuns evil becomes a prey. The Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. He saw that there was no one and he was appalled that there was no one to intervene. Now look, so his own arm achieved salvation for him and his own righteousness sustained him. His own arm. Do you know who that is? That's Jesus. When God looks across a world so lost, so desperate, so, so lost to find truth, righteousness of any kind, where, where truth and justice are standing far off, they can't even get close, God is so, so appalled. But he knows where righteousness is found. He sends his own arm, his son, Jesus. Look at verse 20. The Redeemer will come to Zion, to those in Jacob who repent of their sins, declares the Lord. Into all the mess walks Jesus, the Redeemer, will come to Zion, the light will come, the truth will come, righteousness and justice will be known in the face of Jesus Christ. We need him. We need him. We need his way. Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. They they follow along, but seek first. Seek the kingdom of God. And to seek the kingdom of God is to reign, is to long for the reign of Jesus to take over every aspect of your life. The way you spend your time, the way you approach your work, your public position, your private attitudes, your loves and your dislikes, your very thoughts and desires and actions, Jesus rules. Jesus reigns. The Redeemer will come to Zion. He will come to those who repent and turn to Him. We will hold Him in first place. We need Him, not just in our streets, but in our hearts. We need Him, not just in our hearts, but in our streets. We need the Jesus way in first place. Let's pray. Lord, when we are lost in a sea of confusion, when we are spun around in a world that denies your way and pushes out your light and your justice and your righteousness that excludes your point of view and only measures one person against another, Lord, we, we ask you to come in. We need your way, your kingdom, right in the middle of us, We repent, Lord, we we turn, we offer our hearts humbly, knowing, Lord, that there are things that we know are wrong, there are things that are wrong that we don't know. And we just give you our hearts fully, Lord, in total love, seeking your total blessing, and putting you first above all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.